You're listening to a message that was recorded live at Roots Community Church in Costa Mesa, California. Roots exists to celebrate the glory of God through lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about our community, visit us at rootschurch.net. Well, I invite you to remain standing if you're able for the reading of God's word. We're in Matthew chapter 23. We're going to be reading this whole chapter. We're rounding third and coming home in Matthew. And here in Matthew 23, Jesus has some things to say. Matthew 23, beginning in verse 1. Then Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. For they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. And they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogue and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher And you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth. For you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors. For you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, If anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools! For which is greater, the gold or the temple that has made the gold sacred? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it's nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others, you blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! 
For you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah the son of Barakiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. See, your house has left you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Church, this is God's holy word. You may be seated. As we begin, let's just point out the obvious. This is a really intense portion of scripture. This is really intense. This is weighty. This is heavy. What Jesus has to say is no light thing. In the passage we just read, Jesus is calling out the Pharisees and the scribes. Remember, these were the religious leaders in Israel. These were the doctors of God's law. These were the top dogs in Judaism. And Jesus is calling them out. And in Matthew's account, Jesus has spoken some pretty hard things to the scribes and to the Pharisees. But I don't think anything really comes close to this passage of scripture here. It's this, it's this saturation point, this culmination where they have not heard, they have not listened and Jesus speaks this stunning rebuke regarding these scribes and these Pharisees. Notice all the labels he uses to describe them. He calls them children of hell. He calls them blind five times in various ways. Blind men, blind guides, blind fools. He calls them snakes. He calls them brood of vipers, offspring of vipers. He calls them whitewashed tombs. Then he calls them hypocrites, not once or twice, but he calls them hypocrites seven times in this passage. There's a completeness to this indictment, to this judgment that Jesus is bringing upon these leaders. And that's what this text is all about. Jesus calls them hypocrites. He does it seven times. That's what this passage is all about. This is all about hypocrisy. There's a ton going on in this text. There's so much. There's, there's too much for one sermon. I'm fully convinced this could be a sermon series, a warning series to the church like a five or seven part sermon series. There's so much here, but overall what is happening in this text, the thread that's holding all the pearls together in this passage is hypocrisy. Jesus is calling out hypocrisy. He's warning the church. So Jesus, he's addressing hypocrisy. He's, he's addressing this in the religious elite and he's doing so in no shy manner. But 
we have to ask the question and understand what is hypocrisy? What is hypocrisy? And to understand this, we go back to ancient Greek theater. We get a better sense of what Jesus is talking about. In ancient Greece, it was common practice in theater for the actors to literally wear masks. This was common practice so that anyone in the room, even in the, in the very back of the room, could see, oh, that's the person who's the villain. It's the eyebrows going down. This is the person who's happy. This is the person who's sad and who's grieving. Right, this was common practice in ancient Greek theater. And this is where we get the iconic masks of comedy and tragedy. The masks, one of them's black, one of them's white, one of them has a, a big smiling grin, that's comedy. And then we have the mask of tragedy with a big frown and tears falling down the face. And as we learned earlier in Matthew's gospel account, as Jesus was earlier in, in chapter six was calling out the hypocrisy of the scribes and Pharisees, he uses that same word hypocrite, which literally means play actor. We learn this. He, he's calling out their, their facade, their mask wearing. A hypocrite is someone who puts on a mask and pretends to be someone else, hiding the true nature and character within. A hypocrite is the big bad wolf pretending to be an old lady in a cottage. A hypocrite is someone in hiding and Jesus, he sees right through the mask. He sees right through the hypocrisy and he sees what's going on underneath the mask. So first, before we get into what Jesus says regarding hypocrisy, first it's essential to see and notice who he's addressing because he's talking about scribes and Pharisees, but he's addressing, he's actually addressing someone else. Look at verse one with me. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, He's talking about the hypocrisy of the scribes and Pharisees, but he's talking to the crowds and to the disciples. And this is really instructive for us. In short, this text is not for them out there. This text is for us. This is a warning to us. And of course it is. Religious hypocrisy breeds in religious structures. Of course this, this is for us. I don't need to convince you of the ways in which the church has been hypocritical. Any religious structure breeds this kind of behavior. So may we have ears to hear as a church, ears to hear and eyes to see the masks and to take them off. That's the invitation from this text, this warning. And Jesus gets into the nooks and crannies, the details of of what he is warning his disciples and this crowd concerning. Look at verse two with me. The teachers, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do, for they preach but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. They make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. The heart behind what Jesus is saying here, the indictment, what he's putting his finger on is found in verse two. You preach but you're not practicing what you preach. You sit on Moses' seat with a kind of authority, teaching God's law, 
but you're just doing this to put the burdens on other people. You're not willing to lift it with your finger. You preach, but you're not practicing what you preach. And then he says, and when you do practice, you only do it to be seen by others. Phylacteries were small boxes worn on the forehead and on arms, and they, were, they would contain portions of written scripture. And this would have been worn in devotion to God, in prayer. This actually was a bit of application, applying Deuteronomy to bind God's word between the, the frontlets, but, but between the eyes and, and on the arm. As Craig Blomberg notes regarding the, the fringe, right? The long fringe that they would wear. This fringe or tassel would function like a rosary bead as God's people would handle them and count them in order to keep track of various prayers recited. But for the hypocrite, these weren't emblems of, of worship to help the worshiper bring glory to God. These were emblems and badges of honor, of religious honor to show off how holy and pious they were. Jesus describes these people as loving prestige, loving the VIP status, loving the best seats in church, and doing this all under the guise of religion and worship to Yahweh. This is hypocrisy. You don't practice what you preach, and when you do practice, it's not for God. It's to be seen by other people. And Jesus says, my followers are not to do this. This is not how my people are to live. No mask wearing for the follower of Christ, but instead, honest humility. Honest humility. This is the, 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 basically the summary of verses 8 through 12. The thing that you are to boast in, follower of Christ, the only title that you are to hold on to, is God your Father, Christ the Son. And the way that you identify yourself is not some prestigious leader, but brother and sister in Christ. That's what he's saying. And then Jesus teaches the people and the crowds what the outcome will be for both the haughty and the, and the hypocrite and the, and the humble. He says, here's the outcome of what happens. Verse 12, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is what we've seen throughout the whole gospel of Matthew the upside down nature of the kingdom. The way up is down. Exaltation through humiliation. It's not through pharisaical hypocrisy, but it's through humility. But those who refuse to take the mask off, those who embrace self-exaltation to the grave will be humbled for all of eternity in hell. This is a sobering passage. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And for the rest of this passage, that's exactly what Jesus is doing. He's humbling us. He's humbling us with his words. Regarding the structure of this text and for the rest of the sermon, for, the, for verses 13 and following, we see a kind of pattern. All right, even in the header, at the top where, where we see the chapter number, it says seven woes to the scribes and Pharisees. There's these seven pronouncements of judgment that Jesus brings upon these scribes and Pharisees. 
There's a repetition. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Woe to you, woe to you. And for us, it could be a little difficult to understand really the weight of what Jesus is saying, but the equivalent in our modern vernacular is Jesus is banging the gavel down as the king, as the judge of the earth and saying, guilty, you guys are guilty, 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 guilty. He is the king, he's the ruler. He will return to judge the living and the dead. And these scribes and these Pharisees are getting a little glimpse, a little taste of this end time judgment. That's what's happening. And again, this all is surrounded, or the, the, the issue at hand is hypocrisy, mask wearing. But as we see in this text, not all mask wearing is the same. There's different facets of hypocrisy. There's different masks that Jesus is addressing. So for, for the sake of structure, for our time, we see here five different masks that Jesus addresses. Five masks of hypocrisy. First, the kingdom mask. Second, the worship mask. Third, the love mask. Fourth, the holiness mask. And fifth, the mask that ultimately rejects God. First, the kingdom mask. Second, the worship mask. Third, the love mask. Fourth, the holiness mask. And fifth, and finally, the mask that ultimately rejects God. So first, the kingdom mass. Look with me at verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across, across sea and land to make a single proselyte or convert. And when he becomes a convert, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. These scribes and Pharisees, they appear on the outside to be all about the kingdom of God. Advocates, proponents of the kingdom of God, they're all about it. But it's really just a smokescreen, a mask for their own kingdom agendas. Their mask looks pious and holy. They're even evangelizing for Yahweh. They're making converts. They appear to be for the kingdom, to be shepherds bringing people in. But Jesus is saying, no, you're barring access to the kingdom of God and you're multiplying this hellish hypocrisy. That's what Jesus says regarding this kind of mask. It looks like you're for the kingdom, but you're not. You have your own agenda. And the question for us underneath, underneath this indictment, the question for us to ponder is, what kingdom are we living for? What kingdom are we advocating? In what ways are we advocating and standing up for the kingdom of God while at the same time building our own tower of Babel. For this religious mask, I pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal, not a matter of what, but, or, or a matter of if, but what kind of towers are we building up? And th- a good litmus test for this, this is really convicting. I-, I felt convicted all week thinking about this. 
But a good litmus test for this is in conversation with people, what are you most excited to point people to? In your own life, what are you most excited to point people to? Is it what God has done, his grace at work? Or is it, hey, look at me, look at my kingdom, come in, you could come into my kingdom. But meanwhile, God's kingdom is kind of takes the back burner. What ways do we do this? And may we, like the psalmist say, not to us, not to us, but to your name be the glory. This is the first mask, the kingdom mask. Second, the worship mask. Now this one is, this one's kind of interesting. It's verses 16 through 22. This one's interesting because Jesus, he talks about oaths, right? Swearing on, on, on people, on things, making an oath, making a promise and using and invoking different objects and people to almost solidify that oath. Jesus talks about this, but it's interesting because he doesn't condemn this practice, but what he's doing is he is bringing to the surface and revealing the distorted worship, the distorted idolatry behind these oaths that the Pharisees and scribes were making. The reason he doesn't condemn it is because he already condemned it in chapter five. He said, you're not to make oaths and promises. James picks up on this and says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. The point is that you should not make oaths and promises on anyone or anything, but let your word be your word. Let your word be your word. Be sincere, be true. Jesus isn't arguing that point. He already did it before, but what he is saying is what you guys are making promises on shows your worship and your heart's truest desires. The Pharisees and scribes, they say, ah, you could, you could promise and make oaths on the temple, but not the gold of the temple. Not the gold. Don't do that. If you do that, you're bound by your oath. Don't, don't, you could promise on the furnishings of the temple, but not the gifts, not the sacrifices in the temple. And Jesus is like, what is greater? The gold or the temple which sanctifies and consecrates the gold. They ascribe more weight to gold and gifts than to God who resides in the temple. They're blinded with greed and the shine of the temple as they reveal their true allegiance. As we looked three weeks ago at Psalm 27, David is a shining example of what it means to worship God. One thing I've asked for, that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and meditate in his temple. And here these scribes and Pharisees are saying, one thing that I've asked that I may gaze upon the gold in the temple. And Jesus says, that is not worship but you're acting like it is. Hypocrisy. You can do things in the church to convince people that you are worshiping. But at the end of the day, who are we fooling? Who are we fooling? When the day of reckoning comes, what our hearts esteem as most valuable and precious will be brought to the surface. So we have a decision every day. We have a decision to make. Will we take off this mask and bring it before the Lord or will it be ripped off of us in shame and condemnation on the last day? 
This is the mask of worship. Third and fourth mask, the mask of love and the mask of holiness. In verses 23 through 28, Jesus says some more things. He pronounces judgment on these religious leaders because they're tithing mint and they're tithing their garden seeds, but they're missing the whole point of the law. They're observing the law. In Deuteronomy and Leviticus, there's instructions for tithing your garden seeds, right? But they're missing the whole point of the law. And as we read last week, Jesus summarizes the law. The whole summation of the law is to love God and to love neighbor. That's the whole point. That's the heartbeat behind God's law. But here, they're being really meticulous about the little things, but they're missing the whole point. And that's the point Jesus makes in such a beautiful, stunning way when he says, you guys are straining out gnats, right? But you're swallowing whole camels, Both the gnat and the camel were unclean in the old covenant. The gnat was an unclean insect. You're not able to eat unclean insects or animals. And here, the Pharisees and scribes, in the name of love, of meticulous observance of God's law, they're straining out gnats. They're taking out gnats out of their mouth, but they're swallowing whole unclean camels in hatred of God and hatred of other people. Jesus says, rightly, this is hypocrisy. You're tithing mint, but you're missing the point. You're void of justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And then Jesus moves into this fourth mask, the mask of holiness. Holiness on the outside, looking clean on the outside, but not on the inside. Look, look with me at verse 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy, and lawlessness. And this this indictment, this judgment, it really gets to the heart of what hypocrisy is. This is the mask of mask wearing. This is looking good on the outside. Everything looks good. Everything looks religious. Everything looks pious and holy and humble, but inside it's corrupt. And Jesus says, if that's your religion, if that's, the, if that's the picture of your life, your religion is worthless. I always think of, when I think of hypocrisy, and, and especially what Jesus says about the outside of the cup being clean, but not the inside, I think of my brother-in-law. He, he always tells this story. He tells it over and over again. And I think he's getting to that age where he just does that. You tell stories over and over again, but this one's a good one. It's a hot summer day. He's five years old. His dad's working in the yard. He's out playing in the yard and he sees a Coca-Cola can. And as any five-year-old boy would do on a hot summer day, he goes and he takes a big swig of this. But to his shock and appall, this was holding tobacco spit and cigarette butts for the past week. And that is exactly what Jesus is saying here. 
That's what hypocrisy is. It looks good. It looks appealing. It looks great on the outside, but inside it's disgusting. And Jesus will not have any of it. He sees right through it. And we really, we really need to hear this. This isn't just a first century Judaism thing. This is, this is right here and right now. To be doing things, to be seen by other people. Hey, everything looks nice and shiny, but I'm not going to expose what's really going on. And all of this ultimately leads to the fifth mask, the mask that rejects God. Jesus says in verses 29 through 36, again, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. He launches into this last judgment. Woe to you, hypocrites. And there's a lot here, but just to give you a sense of what Jesus is saying, is he's saying, you say that you wouldn't kill the prophets. You decorate their tombs and their monuments. And you say you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been like your fathers who killed the prophets, but Jesus is saying you're lying. You testify that you're sons of your fathers. Jesus says that they are just like them and that the blood of the prophets are on their heads too. From the first martyr, Abel, to the last Old Testament prophet, Zechariah, from A to Z, all of the blood falls on their heads. And Jesus rightly says this because it's only two chapters later where these same scribes and Pharisees are plotting to kill Jesus, plotting to kill the only son sent from the father, the only final prophet, the final prophet of God, killed by the hands of those who say, we wouldn't kill the prophets. Jesus says, hypocrisy. And there's coming a day. There's coming a day when this kind of rejection, and ultimately this is rejection. This is not receiving God's word, receiving what God would have to say, but it's a rejection and it's a pushing away of God. And there's coming a day when ready or not, Jesus will return to judge the living and the dead. Look at how Jesus closes this chapter. 39, verse 39. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That Jesus will come back again. The one who is blessed of the Father. The one who comes in the name of the Lord, who is himself the Lord who took on flesh. And on that day, it will be a day of joy and jubilation and rejoicing for the people of God. For those who are not content to wear a mask, but in humility, lay it all before him. That is a great day of celebration. But for those who reject God, who push him away, who say, no, I don't want you. I'd rather mask wear. That is a day of great terror. And that day is coming soon. So these are the masks of hypocrisy that Jesus condemns. This kingdom mask, worship mask, love mask, holiness mask, and ultimately this, this mask wearing that rejects God, that pushes him out. But here's the thing about hypocrisy and mask wearing. There are some who do it out of nefarious motives. They know exactly what they're doing. 
they know exactly what they're doing. Like, I think many of these scribes and Pharisees, they want what they want and they are, are able to get what they want at the expense of other people. These are wolves in sheep's clothing, wearing a mask for the sake of devouring, right? But for most of us, we tend to wear masks to cover what we're most ashamed about. We typically cover up and wear masks because we're deeply ashamed and afraid of what we see inside. We pretend to worship God before other people because maybe we know that we're not worshiping God as we ought and we're, we're, we're ashamed. We struggle to love people and to love God because there's a disconnect. We're not convinced that God really actually loves us. We pretend to look clean on the outside like a whitewashed tomb because we're afraid of what's going on on the inside. We don't like what we see in the mirror, so we put on a mask and pretend to be someone else. But here we see Jesus is not content with mask wearing because he's actually interested in the person under the mask. He's not just condemning mask wearing and leaving us exposed and leaving us to fend for ourselves. He's interested. He's actually interested in the face under the mask. What are you hiding? What are you afraid of? What are you ashamed of? That's what this passage is getting at. And this is where I know this has been heavy, but this is where the good news breaks open. Because in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the one who pronounced all of these woes and judgments upon sinners and hypocrites, he's the one who takes all judgment upon himself. All the woes, all the judgment, all of God's righteous wrath against sin, against hypocrisy, he takes it on himself so that we can actually take off the mask. We can come out of hiding. This is an invitation to come out of hiding. Maybe for the first time or for the thousandth time to come out of hiding again and again. We can take off the mask and we could come to Jesus just as we are saying, I'm ashamed. I'm afraid. I see what's inside. No one else can see it, but I see what's inside and I hate it and I'm disgusted. And Jesus says, I know. He says, I know. That's why I died. And that's why I rose again. He's interested in you. He's interested in the person under the mask. Jesus offers a way better hiding place than a flimsy mask. The flimsy mask won't last. That will not do on the last day. It's like Psalm 1. The unrighteous, they won't stand on the day of judgment. A mask will not do. It won't do. It might do for your life here. You might be able to convince people, but there's coming a day. It won't do. And if right now you're gripped with fear, as you're seeing your hypocrisy in the ways that you hide, 
all of us, to some degree, are hypocrites, right? We see the egregious hypocrisy of the scribes and Pharisees, and there, there, there's a spectrum here, but all of us hide. All of us wear masks. All of us are sinners. And what God in Christ is inviting us to do is not double down on our masks and just make another better version of ourselves, but he's saying, take it off. Take off the mask. Be covered. And it's verse 37, which is the gospel of refuge for us. Verse 37. How often, Jesus says, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings? That Christ says, come to me. I provide a better hiding place. I provide safety and shelter under the shadow of my wings. He says about these hypocrites and Pharisees, you were not willing, but whoever is willing, whoever humbles himself, herself, that's the person who gets exalted. As an ancient poet once wrote, take off your mask, your face is glorious. In Christ, he cleans the inside of the cup. He doesn't just give us another mask. He goes in. He cleans the inside of the cup. He pours out his spirit to wash, to cleanse, to transform from the inside out. In Christ, he removes our masks. He forgives us all of our sins and he makes us into a new creation. And so brother and sister in Christ, take off your mask. Your face is beautiful. In Christ, our faces, they reflect and they shine the brilliance of a glorious Savior who cleanses, who forgives, and who actually provides a safe refuge, a place of hiding. Whoever exalts himself and keeps hiding will be exposed, will be humbled. But whoever humbles himself takes off the mask and says, here I am to the one who already knows everything. That's the person that gets exalted. That's entrance into the kingdom of heaven. That's what it means to be a child of God. Take off your mask. Wherever you find yourself this morning, whether you've, this is the first time you've heard the gospel or you've heard this over and over again, what, what God is inviting every single person in this room to do is to come to Jesus just as we are, just as we are, and to come out of hiding and to find a better hiding place. In the shadow of his wings, we sing for joy. Let's pray. Father, We hear these words, we hear this hypocrisy, and it, it's, it's not hard for us to imagine what it is. We know what it is. We have first experience, first-hand experience on what mask wearing is. God, I'm sorry for playing games, for wearing masks, for trying to, to be seen by others. When you offer a safe refuge and identity in you, 
which actually frees us to not try and hide. There's, there's no need to do it. Lord, would you expose our own masks of hypocrisy? Not for the sake of being dashed to pieces, but so that we would, be, we would actually be taken in. So that we would, would see you, Christ, as the one who says, oh, that I, that I desire that you would come to me and find shelter in the, in, the, in the safety of my wings as a mother hen takes her chicks under her wings. God, would we do that? Would we, unlike the scribes and Pharisees here in this account, would we be willing and not unwilling? Oh God, would you do that? Would, it, would, would you free us? Would we be so free to not care what people think, but to see you, to see you as safe, as a safe place? Thank you. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.